Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated to the life and memory of Leon White, also known as Big Van Vader. What would you feel your legacy is in professional wrestling? Because we've hit it out of the park with what you've meant to the big man, to the business, but what does it mean to you for what you've left in, in professional wrestling? I think myself, guys, guys like myself, you know, guys like Stan Hansen, uh, guys like Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, Hansen is one of the best big men in the history of professional wrestling. I, I think Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the best big men in professional wrestling. And I, uh, I think Mark Calloway is, if not the best, one of the best big men slash giants in the in the business. Um, I think for me, I, I kind of fit in two categories where I'm a big man slash super heavyweight and where Callaway's a big man slash giant. Uh, the thing that I, I thought is having been brought up with uh, Brody and, and Hanson and uh, Blackwell, and I, I kind of saw... So my role was, you know, to be uh, the big guy that, you know, that could wrestle 30 minutes. And, you know, and let's face it, my days in the WCW, I was 417 pounds. I regret tweeting out. In other words, when I got diagnosed that, hey, Leon, you know, uh, you have a bad heart and uh, we've, you have congestive heart failure and we feel that your time is, is, is limited. You have maybe a couple of years left and two years or less left to live. And I, I remember getting very angry and, and, uh, you know, saying, that, you know, this has got to be bullshit. I, I don't feel bad. I don't, I don't, uh, get, getting, you know, extremely angry. And, um, I've lived a life that's, I mean, Second to none. I mean, I've literally been around the world ten times. I mean, I was a high school All-American and a college All-American, and I got drafted to the Rams and, you know, and uh, drafted in the NFL and played in the Super Bowl. And I don't know how many world titles I have, you know, 16, 18, 20 world titles and 27, 28 titles all together. Um, I've, you know, had a, a 30-year career in wrestling and, you uh, I tell you what, it's it just you know I've never I've never missed a meal. I've never been without money, and, and in fact, I've, most of my life I've had quite a bit of money. I was always smart with my money, invested well. So hey, you know what? If it, if if at sixty, you know I don't have long left, and so be it. But don't feel sorry for me, man, because I've I've lived I've lived a great life, and I'm I'm thankful for the time I've had. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. 
Oh my God, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey everybody out there, this is the franchise Shane Douglas, remember me? <laughs> well guys, it's great to be on the show again, I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself, I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. crowd might sense a victory here. Let's watch it carefully as Kaniski has been unable to break this toehold this time. Kaniski trying to make it to, and he, it, it looks like he, he has, he's conceded. He has conceded, and ladies and gentlemen, a new world heavyweight wrestling champion, Dory Funk Jr. from Amarillo, Texas, defeating the world heavyweight champion, Gene Kaniski. There you see him now, the obvious jubilation of this young fellow as he's holding that world heavyweight championship belt. A tremendously excited youngster. And he has good reason to be. The dream of his father has come through, Dory Funk Sr., who is still a very, very fine and very active professional wrestler, has watched his namesake, Dory Funk Jr., come home with the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. And you can see that the, the belt now being placed around the middle of Dory Funk Jr., and you can tell he is still absolutely, completely jubilant. Yes, a tremendous victory for this youngster from Amarillo, Texas, 27 years old at West Texas State College. There you see him, Dory Funk Jr. All right, this is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT to start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network. And as you heard off the top, this episode is dedicated to the man they call Big Van Vader, and you can catch the brand new WWE Network collection dedicated to the life and career of Big Van Vader, only streaming right now on the WWE Network. So take advantage of our offer, which is one month free, and check out the Big Van Vader collection right now at wwenetwork.com slash TMPT. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, 
the one and only John Paz. And John, we may not be the funks. We are the two-man power trip, but we are joined by the other funk brother that we have had on Terry in the past. And now we're joined by former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the one and only Dory Funk Jr. joining the fray. And what an awesome interview we got to have with Dory Funk Jr. Wasn't our longest, but still was impactful because to have another NWA champion grace the airwaves of the two-man power trip was just so awesome. And Dory Funk Jr. doing so much still in the wrestling business. And right now, this weekend, he's going to be welcoming a recent guest of ours, Mick Foley, to the Bang TV studios as Mick Foley brings his one-man show to the Funkin' Conservatory and it will be an awesome charity event to benefit the Humane Society, the Feed the Need, and the Champions for Champions charitable foundations down there in Florida, in Ocala, Florida, to be exact, at the Bang TV stage. And Dory Funk Jr. still just amazingly doing what he does best, and that is giving the knowledge to the next generation of superstars. And in this episode, it's going to be very interesting because... We wanted to kind of tie in the NWA championship lineage as well as some of Dory Funk's greatest rivals, as well as his, uh, at one point, middle-aged and crazy brother, Terry Funk, all on this episode. And John, I'm going to welcome you in here now because there is some stuff to cover in this episode with Dory Funk. Obviously, we talk about the NWA championship, we talk about the Briscoes, we talk about his brother Terry and the differences between them, but what a joy and what an absolute thrill to have on Dory Funk Jr., especially when we get to talk about another chapter in that long history of the NWA championship. Yes, for sure, and he held that NWA title for four years. He's one of those guys, when you think about it, he's so synonymous with the NWA world title and the lineage and the legacy of that title. One of those guys that you just look at like a Luthez, and like a Harley race and like a Ric Flair and just like, man, that guy was just an unbelievable worker, unbelievable wrestler. And he's just like the consummate professional. You always think of that work rate and being such a good professional wrestler. It's one of those things where you look back at certain matches and you're like, man, like that was really good. And you say, Oh, you know, you could say, oh, that didn't hold up well, or wrestling, you know, sometimes wrestling doesn't hold up well. I love going back and watching some of those old matches, and you go back and you watch Dory Funk versus Jack Briscoe, and god damn, those matches hold up really, really well, and they're so well done. It's one of those things that I know we always talk about it with Shane Douglas. We always say good pro wrestling can hold up over time, and really, Dory Funk has, and he's really endured, and what a legacy that family has of the Funks, obviously, along with Terry, the only brother combo to ever be the NWA champion. So it's really cool to kind of throw that out there as well. And obviously, Terry was a great worker and a great wrestler as well. But Dory was more the technician, more that technically sound, you know, the sort of guy that could excellently execute every single move and every hole. And one of those guys you just look at and you're like, man, like what a damn great storied career he had, not only in the United States, but in Japan as well as he main evented at many, many shows in Japan and really showed his toughness, his skill, his skill set out there as well. So he's just one of those guys that on my list of guys like you got to get him on. Huge, huge legend, huge run with the NWA title. You know, a little check mark, if you will, next to Dory Funk, because not only was he such a great wrestler, he's also known as being such a great trainer. Obviously, he had a Funkin' Dojo. Now he had a Funkin' Conservatory. So he's just one of those guys that always, always I had to check off 
my list, if you will, Chad. I always had to check off Dory Funk. Obviously, we had on Terry, but dying to get on Dory Funk. We finally got the opportunity to get him on the show. Yeah, we got him on the show. And again, I want to just give the plug here. And it's going to be this coming weekend at the Funkin' Conservatory, the Bang TV soundstage in Ocala, Florida, as Mick Foley, the hardcore legend, comes to Bang TV to bring his one-man show in a really great effort to benefit the Humane Society, Feed the Need, and the Champions for Champion. And you can get all of the information on dory-funk.com. And, John, I mean, you mentioned all those great matches, all those great moments. And, obviously, we do talk about his brother. We talk about his father. And the Funk family, the Funk name, being what it is in wrestling. And, obviously, with Mick Foley being there, we talk about that as well. A great tie-in because he kind of connects the chain of being so linked to Terry and obviously Dory being Terry's brother. But it's to me, I always found it so interesting, the the fact that they had two just so significantly different styles and, and Dory being so methodical and Terry being so crazy. And in the episode where I do give you the couple clips here, we have Gerald Briscoe, we have Harley Race, but we also have Terry on here to talk about so many different things related to the NWA, but with the two brothers it's so cool to see that they maintain those two separate styles for their entire career. Absolutely. And it's interesting when you think about it, you always think of Terry kind of for that wild, crazy, unpredictable, never know what he's going to do next. And then Dory, you always think of the consummate professional, the worker, the technician, and the guy that's just going to give you an absolutely amazing in-ring match. And obviously, Terry's just going to give you a great match, but it's going to be unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do, never what he's going to say. He's crazy like a fox. Dory, you knew kind of what you were going to get. It was going to be an excellent, excellent wrestling contest. Always interesting when you look at those two. It's like, man, how are these two brothers? Like, one is nuts, and, and the other one seems like the consummate professional. So it's just a funny thing uh, when you think about it, when you look at it. And I know I always give a, a sort of a, a network recommendation, but I almost want to step away from that a little bit this week and not really go with a network recommendation but if you can find it on youtube or you know wherever you can and maybe daily motion wherever you can get your wrestling content go out and try to find a match from 1984 in all japan pro wrestling when it's dory and terry teaming together against bruiser brody and stan hansen it's a dave Meltzer five-star match just an absolute classic and it's one of those things where dory funk gets uh, a little you know rough and tumble if you will gets a little a little bit away from himself, but still working that strong style, still a great technician, still great in ring, but definitely showing you uh, the tough side, if you will, uh, that uh, double cross ranch, that Amarillo, Texas tough style that only the Funk brothers have. So there's my little recommendation for you. Dory and Terry versus Hanson and Brody, 1984, all Japan pro wrestling, five-star match from Dave Meltzer. Changing up a little bit this week, Chad. Yeah, changing it up, but everybody, you know, obviously we said it. You can still get our WWE Network promotion right now. And you heard the Big Van Vader legacy clip uh, as we dedicated this episode to Big Van Vader. And you can check out that Vader collection. And we know that's hard hitting. We talked about Vader on the Triple Threat podcast this past week in great detail. So if you want to relive some great Vader moments, go ahead and take advantage of the free trial. But also, like John said, go out of your way to find that match. I mean, anything that Dory Funk did. It's obviously, uh, it's phenomenal. And John and I just being able to shoot the breeze this afternoon, talking about what we were going to go over in this intro and just talking about how the matches do hold up. And even, uh, where Harley race defeats Dory Funk jr. For the NWA championship. I mean, these matches still they're thrilling. And that, that is the greatest word to use. They're absolutely thrilling contests. 
And if you're a fan of that, if you're a fan of the old school, if you're a fan of guys that looked like wrestlers and they could actually perform and go out there and be believable, then go out of your way to watch anything involving Dory Funk Jr. And it was our absolute pleasure to have Dory Funk Jr. on the show. And also, please check out Dory Funk Jr.'s website. It is dory-funk.com. Anything and everything that you want to know about Dory Funk Jr. and the Funk family is located on that website, as well as all the information for Mick Foley, the hardcore legend coming to Bang TV, on Saturday, June 30th, to bring his one-man show in the Super Summer Sizzler series. It's all going down to benefit the Humane Society, Feed the Need, and Champions for Champions. And you can head over to dory-funk.com for the rest of the information on that. So we thank you again, Mr. Funk, for coming on the show. Hopefully we get you back and talk a little bit more about your career, because obviously I can't even say we didn't scratch the surface. We barely even got a speck on the old surface, because there's so much to talk about. But it was such a joy. And please, we hope you enjoy the rest of the interviews contained in this episode. So, with all that being said, John, let's get this show on the road. Hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And let's get it on over to the Hoss, Dory Funk Jr. Now, for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Two-Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a former WWC and CWA World Champion. He is a former four-time NWA Florida World Champion, and he is a 2009 Class WWE Hall of Famer. He is the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Dory Funk Jr.
Now, joining us on the line today is a man who, when you think of the name Funk, this man absolutely comes to mind. He's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a four-time NWA Florida World Champion, a WWC and CWA World Champion, as well as a WWE Hall of Famer in the class of 2009. Coming all the way from the Funkin' Conservatory in Ocala, Florida, the one and only Dory Funk Jr. joins the show. Mr. Funk, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. It just makes me so proud. Thank you. Oh, it's our, my absolute pleasure. I mean, just such a huge fan of yours, your family, your brother, your father. Everything that you guys have contributed to the wrestling business is an absolute joy for fans. So when I have to introduce somebody with all those nice credentials, it makes it very, very easy to do so. Okay, and at the same uh, same time, I'm so appreciative for everything that the wrestling business is, uh, has been for me and my family and my life. Oh, it's, uh, Very appreciative. it's such a great story. We were able to talk to your brother, Terry, about a year and a half ago, and we got to talk more about his career rather than kind of focusing in on the family name. And when I think of the name Funk and I think of your legacy and I think of what your family has contributed to the business, when the book is kind of closed on, on professional wrestling and people look back at the Funk family, like, what do you kind of want them to remember about you guys? Is it each individual career or what the general contributions were overall to the, uh, to the professional wrestling industry? Uh, you know, I, I have a very different personality than uh, my brother. That's a public personality to the wrestling fans, but, uh, I would like them to remember that, uh, I was a wrestler and that's the way, uh, I made my living and, uh, uh, had some, I'm very appreciative for all the wrestling fans that backed me, supported me, and uh, uh, followed me uh, in uh, so many uh, championship matches. It's not only the NWA World Championship, it's a career in North America, it's a career in Japan, and I'm just very grateful to all the wrestling fans. Absolutely. And not only that, but your contributions to helping train the next generation of talent and seeing all the names that you've helped kind of foster in the industry. And when you kind of sum up 55 plus years of just your own individual career, I mean, it's an absolute uh, who's who's who uh, of who you've battled in the ring with and who the, who you've actually you know competed against and where you've competed against. So being you've had success in Japan and the United States and all over the world, is there any one place that you always love to compete in, whether it's a territory or a location or even a continent? Like you, like you said, you had so much success over in Japan as well. Oh, I, I love going to Japan. I have a terrific time over there. I actually uh, have learned to speak some of the language, uh, but I love working uh, uh, here in uh, the United States of America, Canada, Mexico, I've had, I've been treated fabulously by the wrestling fans. And, uh, I just want to bring up one thing that we have coming to the Bank TV soundstage here in Ocala, Florida, very soon next week. Uh, uh, week for, uh, one week from today, uh, Ju uh, June 30th, Mick Foley is going to be here at Bank TV and he's going to be doing his show one night only. And we are one of a worldwide tour that Mick Foley is going on that includes Australia, <laughs> all across America. Uh, and we were just so proud to be a part of the, uh, a part of his show. 
and he's doing our show for charities and uh, the charities that uh, he's doing it for free so that the funds that we raise can go to charity and the charities that we're supporting are from the Mick Foley show will include the Taxman's Charities here in Ocala, Florida, Champions for Champions for Special Needs Children, uh, Marion County Humane Society for Dogs and Cats, and Feed the Need for Homeless Children. No, it's absolutely fantastic, and we just spoke with Mick Foley about that show, specifically his uh, his one-man show, but knowing that he's coming down to Bang TV is really cool because obviously Bang TV and uh, Mick Foley, that's a that's a hand-in-hand relationship. But also, you know, the connections he's got to Terry and, and the matches they've had and the career uh, parallels that they had in some regards. But also, I look at a guy like Mick Foley and I see how, how he was a great worker, but it was overshadowed by a lot of the hardcore wrestling and the stunts that he did and some of those amazing bumps that he took. But when I look at you and you're the opposite, you're so technical and you're such a, a ground, you know, a ground attack and you're this and that. How do you kind of teach the students coming into Bang TV and to the uh, to the Funky Conservatory? How do you kind of teach them that there's a difference between that hardcore stunt style, but also this ground and pound like you always were so great at? <laughs> All I've got to do is put a video of Mick Foley up, and I've got uh, several videos of Mick Foley uh, on my website at www.dory-funk.com. And if you'd like to see a wild and crazy a wrestling style that's completely opposite of Dory Funk Jr. Just go to my website. But I, I think uh, 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 contrast uh, makes this is what makes this business so interesting. I mean, there's the uh, Briscoe name uh, I've been associated with for so long. Uh, it means they're going to see great wrestling. Uh, my brother Mick Foley. You're going to see wild and crazy stuff with very little wrestling. <laughs> now, with, with you specifically, I always think about, you know, you think about Amarillo, Texas, Double Cross, and, you know, different kind of things with Terry and Dory Sr. But with you, I always think of the NWA world title. I mean, you held the title for four and a half years. <clears throat> you beat Gene Kaniski for it. I just always think of you and NWA and kind of that great, worker and that great wrestler did it mean a lot to your career and obviously your legacy to be associated so tightly with being the nwa champion and traveling in the world well it meant everything to my career uh, but let me say this we had a uh fabulous career to start with uh my first year in the wrestling business was uh uh i had been working uh uh, as close to the, the belt as I, as I could going to uh, university. And uh, my father had told me I had to finish university before I could turn professional wrestler. And uh, I did do that. And we had some very, very difficult times. And however, the first year in the wrestling business, my salary was, you know, and I'm not saying this to brag at all, but uh, it was the same as Mickey Mantle's. And it, it was just, uh, uh, a, a really a fabulous thing my father could do for me in training me for professional wrestling and uh, getting me set for that because it's been a fabulous trip from the day I turned professional wrestler in uh, 1963, <laughs> for that matter, just after mm-hmm. we uh, uh, won the Sun Bowl Championship in, uh, 
at West Texas State University. And so many great guys obviously came out of West Texas State, but staying with your wrestling career and, and the NWA title, how important it was. Sometimes you go back and you watch old matches you're like, oh, that doesn't quite hold up. But your wrestling really held up over the years. And I love watching old matches, you versus Jack Briscoe specifically. Can you just talk about a little bit of that rivalry, obviously in Florida and kind of all over the world and all over the NWA and, and just that <laughs> rivalry itself? Because when you think of you versus Jack Briscoe, I mean, it's two of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. Well, it started in Florida. And uh, from Florida, uh, it was uh, Sam Musnick up in St. Louis wanted the match. And uh, uh, my father in Amarillo, Texas, he wanted uh, still, even though Jack Briscoe is one of the toughest competitors in professional wrestling, my father wanted the match for the Amarillo territory. Uh, we went over to Japan. It was highly accepted in Japan. Uh, what, what they would say is, two gaijins wrestling each other on a main event, myself and Jack Briscoe, in, J in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, and as the matches became exposed, more and more video, more uh, uh, wrestling tapes, uh, Briscoe and Funk became uh, synonymous with uh, professional wrestling, really, really good wrestling. And Jack was an NCAA uh, amateur wrestling champion. And uh, he... That style fit uh, fit with his uh, uh, way of looking at professional wrestling. And mine, too. I, incidentally, I was West Texas AAU amateur wrestling champion, which uh, West Texas isn't like the uh, NCAA, but it's a pretty big area, and a lot of tough guys are there. Absolutely. And, and everyone always thinks of you, know, you and great wrestling being one of the greatest workers of all time. Bret Hart says you're the greatest worker of all time. I always think of you and Terry, the only brother combo to hold the NWA title. And then I think of you and Terry teaming together in all Japan and just, you know, lighting it up and kind of taking over or that side of the world as well. And great match from 1984, Dave Meltzer, five-star match, you and Terry versus Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. Do you look fondly at matches well, like those that? Are two, Japan? Those are two West Texas boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy, in Japan. Yes, yes. Uh, just uh, uh, Japan was uh, another one of, uh, of the thrills of my life is being able to wrestle over in Japan and having uh, famous matches, wrestling matches with uh, Antonio Inoki, uh, Mr. Baba, uh, Sakaguchi, who one time took Inoki's place in, uh, in, in a match with me and Osaka, Japan, uh, Jun Akiyama. Uh, I had a lot to do with uh, teaching Jun Akiyama and, uh, about the wrestling business. And uh, uh, Takao Omori is another one of my students. Uh, another student that really did a fabulous job is uh, Jumbo Tsuruda. And uh, I... But before I get too far away from Jack Briscoe, I want to mention his brother, too, Jerry Briscoe. And I've had some uh, really competitive matches with him. And he's uh, uh, been a contributor to us here and at Bank TV by coming down and uh, representing WWE when uh, our kids are putting on their shows. 
uh, it's just been a fabulous trip through the business. <clears throat> now, now, is there like a favorite match uh, of yours that really, really sticks out or, or, or just maybe a favorite opponent that really sticks out in your career above all others? Briscoe, Wahoo, and Valentine? <laughs> I can't name one. I got to name at least three. And uh, uh, just uh, uh, they, they were really great wrestlers. And uh, basically about the wrestling business, we drew a lot of money. And uh, uh, Wahoo and Valentine were a uh, totally different style than Jack Briscoe. But they were uh, huge box office attractions in uh, Houston uh, for Wahoo and Valentine for the same for Wahoo, for uh, Houston. It's unbelievable. A career that we can't shrink into the amount of time we've got today, but we appreciate the time you spent with us this morning to talk about a couple of these memories. Before we end it, please share with the fans again where they can find all the information about the Funkin Conservatory, the Mick Foley show coming up, Bang TV, and anything and everything going on in the world of the great Dory Funk Jr. Okay, it's all on the website. Uh, and our website address is www.dory-funk.com and uh, all about Mick Foley and uh, there's so much on the website that I couldn't begin to cover that. Um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if they go to our website, uh, I'll get the information from you guys, and they can find out how to find this interview. Okay? I'll have it up there. And uh, uh, I really uh, thank you guys for the opportunity to talk to you about the wrestling business, Japan, and the people that I looked at as uh, big stars. Oh my gosh, your website is possibly one of the best wrestler websites ever created because there's so much information, there's so many links, there's videos. I can't believe you said that, thank you. Oh my gosh, Mr. Funk, I'd be stupid to not say it. It's absolutely unbelievable. Every time I go on your website, I grab the first person that I can find and I drop them in a spinning toehold because it gets you that pumped for uh, for your career. <laughs> That's awesome, thank you so much. Oh. I like the website. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's great. Oh, terrific. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Funk, thank you so much for joining us today. It was our pleasure and hope to see you again sometime. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I uh, hope to be able to do this again sometime. Amarillo, the world champion, picks up his opponent now. He has an outstanding wrestling hold here. Picking him up for an over the top shoulder suplex. A full Nelson reverse suplex that drops the race. The count of two. And out of the ropes again. Race saves the fall. Saves the fall. A side headlock again. Now by Dory Funk Jr. Side headlock now. Gripping. Gripping those knuckles. If you can see those knuckles locked in. Race still. With enough power and leverage. Is able to pull and force it up on the arm. This is a head drop. A head drop. And Race misses with that head drop. But he doesn't miss his own head as he drops viciously to the mat.
Julius Von Ziegler angry. That's the referee. Mr. Race, you had a tremendous feud with the Nation Boy Ric Flair, and Ric Flair will be at this camp. So, what is it like to have Ric Flair, you know, and yourself in this camp training a lot of these guys? Well, overall, Flair and I had a, a hellaciously active uh, part of wrestling, and he knows, and I know that. Uh, we're too old to really want to get involved in this stuff now, so it'll work out all right. Now, you guys had, obviously, an awesome feud. Feud of the year in 1983, match of the year in 1983 at Starcade, of course. You had the bounty, you had everything else. It was just an awesome feud going for it. But behind the scenes, there was a, a somewhat of a controversy involving you dropping the title to Ric Flair. What is the true story behind, you know, everything leading up to Starcade 1983? Well, in 1983, uh, Flair was just starting to really get involved, and I was, at that point in time, peaking, and I didn't think he was ready. And basically, you know, I guess the, the, as the story goes, you were, quote-unquote, I guess, late to the building that day. Now, was there really, like, weather issues as to why you were late to the building? Or were you doing it maybe to mess with Flair a little bit to say that like, you're not really coming in there to drop, drop the title to him? Oh, probably a little of all of the above. Now, with player, obviously he was a great NWA champion, and you're one of the greatest NWA champions of all time, but do you think that Rick evolved into what you wanted him to be as far as an NWA champion? Yes. Uh, once he got really involved in the championship part of it, he came along to be uh, one of the best at it. Well, without a doubt, he's definitely one of the greatest of all time. And in, in that match in Starcade 83, I personally thought it was a great, great match. But what did you think of that match? Uh, between him and me? Yep. I thought everything was was pretty good. Uh, Flair uh, had proved to be a, a, a good hand in, in the ring and he was in there with the absolute very best. So, what pretty easy from there. Definitely. Now, another guy that you feuded with, another absolute legend, was the American Dream, Dusty Rose, and he has passed away recently. What are your thoughts and memories on uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rose? Dusty was probably one of the best uh, interview people in wrestling. He could talk about anything on the face of God's green earth and make it sound like it's, it's 
extremely important, but then he'd always throw in the reminder, I'm better. <laughs> now, as far as in-ring, how, how did you like your matches with Dusty? Did you guys have some great matches uh, for the NWA title? Overall, uh, Dusty uh, could perform in that ring as well as just about anybody. Yeah, I guess a lot of people have a little bit of a misconception about Dusty because of his body that he couldn't go, but obviously he had hour-long matches, and he was actually a pretty damn good wrestler. You you agree? Yes, he was. Do you have any uh, fond memories, any matches that stick out that you and Dusty had, maybe matches over the NWA title? Too many to really count. Uh, I never really had a bad performance with Dusty on any match we ever had. Now, there's speaking, very few people you can say that about. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, great, great matches that you've had, you had a great feud with another legendary NWA champion, Jack Briscoe. What was it like working with Jack Briscoe? Well, either one of the Briscoe brothers were, were good. Uh, Jack was the best of the group, but... He was a tough guy. Any matches with him that really stick out? Because I know you guys had a bunch of tremendous uh, matches, even where uh, some title changes happened. Well, like I said, uh, he was as good in the ring as about anybody. Except me, I was always better, but... (laughs) Other than that, he was, uh, you know, he, there ain't nothing you could say about him that would, if you were talking bad about him, you'd be the one that was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Now, another um, another awesome NWA champion that you feuded with was Dory Funk Jr. What was it like working with Dory? Because you guys were two tremendous uh, in, you know, in-ring competitors. Dory was uh, very, very good in the ring. Uh, him and Terry both were great. Yeah. You can't, I can't really mention one without mentioning the other. Do you have a, a preference over who do you think was a, a better in-ring performer or, or maybe someone that, between them that you had uh, better matches with? Between the two of them? Yep. No, it would be just kind of a flip of a coin. Uh, Dory, you could have uh, a little bit better of a wrestling for wrestling. Terry was uh, good at wrestling, but he was also very, very good at scrambling. Yeah, definitely. Now, if you had a pick, obviously besides yourself, because you're obviously uh, at the top of the list, but who would you, else would you consider a great NWA champion? I mean, out of that list, who do you think would be the best? Dusty, Flair, Jack Briscoe, Dory, or maybe even Terry Funk? Uh, 
hemmed any one of the above. You kind of put them all on the same uh, on the same plane as far as being a great NWA champion. Yes, uh, you know, depending on what type of wrestling you wanted to get out of the person that you were in there with. Uh, You know, from there, you uh, just kind of measure out who you think, and uh, you look at it, and you'd probably be right. Well, they've got a, uh, they've got a pin, but I don't know how you could possibly count that. Uh, he caught him with a belt buckle, and so he found Junior. Mentioned the Funks and the Briscoes. They almost go hand in hand in certain ways. And 
it was such a big feud and such a good feud and, and four of the best professional wrestlers of all time. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But what was the feud like kind of, you know, away from the ring? Was there a real-life feud with the, the Funks and the Briscoes? Is it one of those things where you guys just never liked each other? That's kind of an urban legend, and it's kind of a legend I kind of enjoy, and a kind of a legend I like to remain, you know, a mystery. I mean, do we have our disagreements? I mean, you work with somebody worldwide that many times, and you're on the road with them, and, you know, you're both all four are highly competitive individuals and, you know, highly motivated guys, and and you're going to get difference of agreements and you're going to have little little feuds and you know people like to enhance those things so am i going to say you know for all those years it was it was uh you know peaches and cream with the fox and the briscoes hell no i mean that's what made part of the uh the rival so damn good you know because there was always that uh that doubt, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that we were able to not only keep with our, in ourselves, but we were able to just let enough of it out to the, to the people, to the public through the voices of guys like, um, Gordon Soley and, uh, and, uh, and Mr. Cottle up in North Carolina, Bob Cottle, you know, and uh, the announcers like that would just, you know, build that rivalry. I mean, it's kind of a legend, but yeah, there was friction, but you know there was also that trust and friendship that you got to have when you go in the ring worldwide with these guys. And there were no egos involved once we got in that in that ring. Everybody was for business, and that's that's what set it apart too. There were no egos, and there was room for hell of a lot of egos in that match. Hmm. Oh yeah. And kind of speaking of kind of egos, but but in a good way, you know, larger than life character. Obviously, he's one of your best friends. Uh, Near and dear to our show, he you know he he put us over big time, which we we can never forget that and uh, never never forget him for that. But Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, obviously you've known him for a long time. Uh-huh. Florida, Florida legend, you know, big down there. Obviously, worldwide uh-huh. legend. But what are your kind of memories of Dusty? Uh, I just got so damn many. Oh man, it's uh, just so many memories. And I actually met Dusty. Uh, the year before he started in the business in San Antonio, because we used to go in and out of San Antonio all, all the time. And Stan Hansen reminded me of the story uh, a couple of weeks ago at WrestleMania. We went out and had a couple of beers, and he said, "He said I met you and Jack." He said I was still still uh, a, a senior in college. And he said me and Dusty came into TV one time, and uh, you guys wanted us to show you. The, the the social life of Amarillo after 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 dark. <laughs> In other words, all the all the clubs around. So we took you guys out, and of course Dusty and I got in a fight, performed for you guys. We had a ball, and you know, we all got drunk next morning. We had to show up and go drive 300 miles to Albuquerque. <laughs> but uh, so I met you. My 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 time with Dusty was very early then. When I started traveling around a lot out of Carolina, I'd go to Kansas City and I'd see him and Dickie Murdoch there and Jack and I. They'd have a lot of tag tournaments out there, and we'd team up and we'd work against them. This is very before they were even the Outlaws went to Detroit and became the Outlaws. It was just Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes, you know, just two characters, and uh, and they made that run up there. But I, you know, I, I ran into Dusty everywhere: Carolinas, Georgia, Florida. Of course, Florida, we became. Uh, very good friends. My wife and his wife are very dear friends. I've 
you know, I, I know all of his children very well. And they, the way I got pictures of Wes on Dusty's uh, uh, kitchen table and uh, when he was an infant, you know what I mean? So we go back a long ways. And my memories of the dream is just there's nobody like him. And just, just, there's just so many uh, good thoughts that run through your mind. And uh, he's missed, he's missed so much. It's, you know, his influence is so great on so many people in so many ways. And, uh, and mostly as a person. And, and that's, what's important to me, what kind of a person he was uh, to me. And, and, and it was wonderful. Uh, I was blessed to have known Dusty Rhodes. He is one of the all-time greats, and we kind of talked to Steve Kern, about, you know, about Dusty uh, quite a bit, and we were saying how even if you didn't know him that well, you felt like you were friends with him, or, or you know, you felt like you were close with him. I can't even imagine if somebody was that close with him. You know, you almost feel like he's your brother, right? Yeah, he was my brother. I mean, I didn't feel like it. He was my brother. I mean, uh, it was just... Uh... He was my big brother, you know, and we used to argue Dusty was a year older man. He used to lie like hell. And a funny story, uh <laughs> when he got uh, when he got old enough uh, to get social security, he didn't he couldn't find the right damn ID cuz he'd lied so many times. He had so many damn different passports and forms of ID with different birth date on it, you know. <laughs> he couldn't find the right one to prove he was 65 years old to go on social security. So they had to fly to Austin, Texas, go through the capital there and find proof of his birth and all that before he could get his paperwork. But it, it was hilarious. We used to call each other on each other's birthday. Two times a year, two or three times a year, I know I'd always hear from Dusty, the, the Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma State or OU Texas football game, we'd always call and, and send messages to each other. And, uh, and, uh, that uh, that was that was that was the time we we communicated and on our birthdays we we always called each other. It was October and mine was September, so but he was a year year and a month older than me. So, but we had we had a ball together. We challenged each other to the simplest thing from drinking a beer to you know spitting. I mean, it was just good old country. Head run by the junkyard dog. Fuck walking the rope. Oh look at that, Jimmy Hart with the branding iron caught. Sends him round and round. Hook to the corner. Jimmy Hart on the outside. Has that branding iron. And it looks like Terry Funk's going to be branded. Wait a minute. What? Oh, no. That's Dory Funk. Isn't that? That is Dory Funk. That is Terry Funk's brother. For goodness sakes, where did he come from? That is definitely Dory Funk, Terry Funk's brother. Dory Funk, coming out of nowhere, took his boot off. Look at this. Come on, get some water in there. Look at this, they're really doing a number of oh, What's Jimmy Hart going to do? Look, Jimmy Hart jumped right up on him. Look at Jimmy Hart. Look at that. Jimmy Hart is pounding away on the junkyard dog. The Funk Brothers holding Jimmy. Look at this. Hart finally coming. 
go back to the replay. Here, look at this. Here, here's, here's JYD's ready to grant uh, Terry Funk. Look at this. Here comes Terry Funk. Terry's brother, look at this. He get, takes his shoe off and bam, look at this. Right in the back of the head of JYD. Dory Funk coming to his brother's rescue. And did they ever do a number on the junkyard dog who's still down? Stay with us. That is a great point because he sure as hell would have done it to you. And that was like one of the first yeah. times you kind of came out of a little bit of a retirement there because you you were behind the uh, the booth, you know, calling the matches. And then you, you came out, obviously, flag on your face, you pal drive them. And it leads to the one of the greatest feuds of all time. I mean, 89 could have been the feud of the year. Awesome match, a great American bash. Then you and Muda against Flair and Sting at Halloween Havoc. And then it all kind of culminated. I never quit. I never quit. Yep. I was going to say it all culminated. I I quit. I quit. I never quit. I never said I quit. And on top of that, I was never told the stipulations of the match. That's the truth. Yes. The infamous uh, two words, five letters, I quit. It was a five-star match. Clint yeah, I want to go ahead and get that, uh, I want to get that asshole in the ring, too. <laughs> Ric Flair, one more time. Yeah, you got to make up for that uh, that so-called quitting that you, you know that uh, at New York knockout. That's exactly right. One of the greatest exactly matches of all right. time. Unbelievable match. Thank awesome. you. Just unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, been in a lot of battles, a lot of guys throughout the years. Uh, God, I don't even know how many. But uh, the great ones are, are, I mean, my gosh, I've been in the ring with every great wrestler from the that came out of the 50s. You know, honest to God, 50s came uh, the Mike DiBiase's, you know, uh, all of them. Just uh, every great wrestler that there's been. And, uh, you know, as I'm going to tell you the truth. There's been a lot of great wrestlers that came out of the, the Tennessee area here. And that's a God's honest truth. Has been some of the greatest ones of all times come right out of there. And uh, you know, as I've, I've, I'll, I'll say this, and with all honesty, that Jerry Lawler is, uh, I knock him, say he's, he's, uh, he's a moron, this and that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. The guy is a great competitor. And one thing he is, he might be a moron, but he's not a quitter. And I know that. And I'm going to know that whenever I get in the ring with him this week. Not this week, but when I do. Yeah, another, you know, it's like we said, it's another chapter. Like I said at the top, you've wrestled everybody in the world, but just quickly, if we can, just we got to touch on this because I know the the quote, and I would even be hard to say the newer fans that came to know you came to know you in ECW, and we do another podcast with Shane Douglas weekly, and we talk about all the things that happen in ECW. But if you had to pick one guy from ECW, you've already mentioned Flair, 
You mentioned Lawler. You mentioned Dusty. But does Terry Funk have somebody from ECW that he feels he had one of those blood feuds with? Douglas. Douglas was a very tough, tough competitor. He was as tough of a guy as you get. Uh, did you, on a national basis, he was in a wrong, he was always in a uh, wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> you know, and I, I really mean that. The guy was a great in-ring performer, an excellent competitor in the ring, and uh, a tough guy. You know, I had a hell of a feud with him, and he was a tough guy. Uh, The biggest feuds I've had in the business, who were they with? Who were they with? You know, Douglas, he'd be right up there. But you got Dusty, you got uh, you know so many, so many guys through the years, and uh, Lawler, he's definitely who's. Which one did I have the biggest feud with? With Dusty or with Lawler? I don't know. Uh, they were all huge feuds. A uh, big part of my life was in the ring with. Jerry Lawler and uh, Dusty Rhodes and uh, just so many other guys. You know, and I can go uh, I can go back further than that, you know. It's, hell, I was in the ring with Lou Pass. Jeez, who else is... You know, the Lord's been good to me. He's been great to me. Hell, I'm still going in the ring. I'm going to be an absolute idiot. I'm going one more time, too. And I'm going to love every minute of it. I'm going to love kicking Jerry Lawler's ass. That's what I'm going there for. Am I coming down there for the money? No. I'm not coming for the money. I'm coming down there to kick Jerry Lawler's ass one more time. And that's the God's honest truth. I want to come down there and uh, humiliate him in his own town where he says that uh, everybody loves him. Well, he's full of bullshit. Everybody doesn't love Jerry Lawler. I don't love Jerry Lawler. I'm sure his wife can't can't stand him. Or his (laughs) second wife can't can't stand him. Or his third or fourth wife. Or his seventh or eighth wife. How many times this moron getting married? You know what I mean? He's a moron. He's an idiot. But he's the king, now, though, Terry. I mean, that's, that's one thing you can't take away. He's the king. He's the king. He's the queen. He's, <laughs> I don't know what he is. He don't know what he is. Jerry Lawler doesn't know what he is. He doesn't know if he's the king or the queen of Tennessee or Memphis. What is he, the king or the queen? He don't know. Well, let's is see. Jerry yeah, the Lawler, is Jerry Lawler a pervert? Of course he is. <laughs> He's the biggest pervert I know. 
right, I can't confirm or deny that. What, you can't deny it. Is that what you said? I said That's I can't confirm or deny it. You said, well you, well, you can't deny it. If you said, <laughs> said you can't deny it, you can't deny it. So Jerry Lawler is, uh, he's the, uh, I don't know, he's a little light in the feet, I think. <laughs> you know, he's a little swishy at times. I think a name think change would be in order. See, need to take a good look at him. You know. That's uh, that's pretty great. But I was going to say, you know, you have Nature Boys, you have Kings, you have Dreams, you have all these fancy names, and that's one thing you didn't yeah, need. Yeah, what a horrible night I must have. You know, I got Nature Boys, Kings, I got uh, uh, the Dreams, I've got the Handsomes. On Harley Race. I got them all. How in the hell do I sleep at night? How do I sleep at night if I got all of those 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 images in my brain? You know, what the hell do I think about at night? Do I think about it? I don't think about Dusty Rhodes. He's not here anymore. Maybe I won't have to think about Jerry Lawler anymore. Did you ever think of that? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. And think about that. Think about, you know, it's just one little punch to the heart. You know, as uh, that might do it for him. That might do it. One little heart punch. <laughs> as I start to uh, wind it down a bit here, I mean, God, I mean, you had so many legendary matches, and we didn't even mention guys like, Brody and Hanson and Jack Briscoe and you just mentioned their Harley race, Brett the Hitman Hart, Cactus Jack, my God, you've literally wrestled the best of the best. Do you have any favorite matches that kind of stick out more than others? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what matches stick out to me more than any others, and this is the God's honest truth. It's the matches that I had uh, uh, Whenever I went in with my father into the ring, that was uh, the greatest times that I had in my life. Those are my great memories of uh, wrestling with my father around the country and being in the ring with him. And other than that, as I also definitely remember as a child watching him in the ring. But being in the ring with him and having that opportunity to be with my father, that was one of the great things in my life. That is great. Tory Funk Sr. obviously made Amarillo, Texas, very, very famous. What about wrestling with your brother, Dory Funk Jr.? Just fond memories of working with him Love as well? to go. Absolutely, 100% so. You know, love tag team matches with him. Uh, that was... Uh, Dominance in Japan and uh, dominating uh, at the time, uh, pretty much dominating the uh, United States from one end to the other, you know, with my brother. And uh, I always loved getting in the ring with him and uh, going up against the Briscoes. You know, that was uh, that was a great enjoyment. You know, that was a great team. 
it was a great enjoyment to go into the ring, and you know I don't think we ever lost a match to him. I think we beat him too straight every time. And uh, you beat Jack. I didn't Jack. hear much of an answer on that. Well, that is true. You, that is probably, and you did beat Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Title. So I mean, you do hold a lot of big time matches. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd wins. like to kick Jerry's ass too. <laughs> Do you have any kind of real fond memories of working in Japan? I know you and Dory versus Bruiser Brody and Hanson from '84. It's just one of those five-star matches that so many people oh, remember. They weren't. Uh, they were awful tough matches. Really, uh, very physical uh, matches. You know, you mentioned the Briscoes, physical against him. You mentioned guys that uh, you know that I'm thinking about right now. You know, Dusty Rhodes. He was very, I had very physical matches with him, you know. And uh, Lawler the same way as a very physical competitor. If I want to sit down here and be as honest as I can about it, Lawler was a physical son of a gun, you know. Hard to beat kind of guy. Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race. The Briscoes, and uh, so many guys that you guys had there in Tennessee too were uh, were awful tough. Tennessee was a hotbed of wrestling for years, not just a little while, but for year after year after year. In the past, you know, had some of the truly great ones come out of that state. Absolutely. Do you have a, a favorite place that you wrestle? Would it be Tennessee area? Would it be Japan? Do, would it be Amarillo, Texas? Do you have possibly a favorite place that you've wrestled? Um, well, I'll tell you what. That's, uh, you know, to be very honest with you, is uh, it's my life. It's my love. It's what I enjoy more than anything else and uh, every time that I step into the ring it's uh, it's it's a wonderful wonderful happening to me because I grew up as a child watching my father and whenever I grew up as a child watching him I didn't want to be a uh, a fireman. I didn't want to be a, a football player like everybody else. I didn't want to be a cowboy all of my life because of watching my 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 father in the ring. I wanted to be a wrestler, and that's what I wound up doing. And that's truly the love of my life, and really nothing beyond that enters my mind. And, Terry, as we get to wrap it up here and we get to talk about big-time wrestling one more time, the last question that we love to ask is really just about what you've left on the wrestling business. And, obviously, you've left everything. I mean, you've done it all. Like we've said, you've wrestled everybody there is to possibly, not even name, but to think of, dating back decades. So if you had to pinpoint it, if you had to say it, 
and you look at what your legacy is or the Funk legacy is in wrestling, what do you think it would be to the wrestling fan? What, what would Terry Funk and the Funk family mean to professional wrestling? You know, as uh, I would like to uh, be remembered, uh, be respected, and uh, to be loved uh, by the wrestling fan, and. Uh, to be thought of as uh, giving 100% each time you stepped through the ropes, that means a great deal to me. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.